John chapter 13. And um, if you don't have a Bible with you or you don't have your phone with you or you don't, can't see it in front of you, it will be on the screen. And um, we are going to um, give our attention to God. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and give us peace for the next little bit of time and, and uh, hear what God has to say to us. And John chapter 13, verse 1, and we're going to read from 1 through to 17. So, verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During the supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I don't wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed doesn't need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. for he knew who was to betray him. And that's why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then, your Lord and, if then, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant isn't greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So this year we're, um, we've been... Um, doing a, a sort of like a mini-series, um, looking at what the traits of a mature disciple are. And we've looked at uh, a number of things, you know, traits of a mature disciple. How do you tell um, that you're maturing as a disciple or a mature disciple? But also, what, are the, what helps you to be a mature disciple? What are the things that God has given us um, that help us to be mature disciples? And we've worked and we've, we've identified those six and we've been working around them doing little mini three and four week series on each of them. And um, just a week or two ago, we began with Serves Out of Love, which is the fifth one in the, um, in the series there. And I um, began a couple of weeks ago with a message on follow the servant. And we looked at Jesus, who was the best example of a servant. And that Jesus said that the world is different, that the world wants to, um, wants to lord itself, lord, uh, the people of the world want to lord themselves over other people. They want to be served and they don't want to serve. And Jesus said, not so among you. And so our mini theme for these next... Um, a few weeks, is not so among you, that we aren't to be like that, that we are called to serve, to serve with love. 
And um, we looked at what serving looks like and we looked at the life of Jesus a couple of weeks ago. You know, and I'm thinking of serving, I'm thinking we are a serving church. And, and I, I mean that, you know, without tongue in cheek, I mean that seriously. We are a serving church. We, um, it's kind of almost one of those things that identifies us. You know, we, we serve um, well when even at, at church, you know, we have people that serve us morning tea and, and set up the church um, on Sunday mornings. And I know that we all do that with glee every time our name comes up on the roster, right? But we do, we serve. And... Um, we serve in the community every week. We, we have uh, meals and um, fellowship time with people in the community that want to eat with someone, want to uh, be able to share a meal. We serve, you know, Generosity Sunday's coming up next week where we're going to get our dirty clothes out, as John said, and we're going to go and dig people's lawns or fix patios or whatever it is that need, the care team has got for us to do. We serve overseas. We serve in Uganda. We serve in other nations. We... Um, serve people there with what we have, with our resources, with our help and the things that we can do. And each one of us individually probably has lots of different ways that we serve and and lots of different things that we do. And so I think that this is an absolutely amazing theme for us to be talking about. You know, we could actually sort of look at serves with love and and sort of say, well, you know, we, we can be pretty proud. But we're looking at it because it's important for us to mature in it as well. And today we, uh, we've, we've got three. We had Follow the Servant a couple of weeks ago. Next week Joel's going to be speaking um, on serve, um, Servant of All. And today I'm going to talk about serves with love. Love. Does motivation matter? Does it matter that you serve with love? Doesn't it matter that you just do what needs to be done, that the grass is mowed, the meal is served, the... You know the people, the deck is fixed. The you know the the kids are eating, and you get. Does it does it matter? Does motivation matter? And I just want to look quickly at three or four things that I think help us understand that it does matter. That serving with love is the way that we were called to serve. It's it's the way that God ordained for us to serve. And just to help us to see that there's a distinction, and that distinction is important. And the first thing that sort of comes to my mind and came to my mind when preparing this is, okay, if the motivation is love, what other motivations are there? And I, you know, there's probably a few, but probably the big ones are obligation and duty, aren't they? So I look, want to look at what's love versus obligation and duty. And, you know, I'm going to confess right up front here that when I serve, sometimes it's obligation and duty. And um, it has been and sometimes it is. But what makes serving with love different well obligation or duty requires discipline and effort it does you if you're rostered on to set up you've got to get out on time you you know there goes your sunday sleep in there goes your saturday sunday after saturday afternoon because you're baking fresh for us right okay supermarket you know um but obligation or duty requires discipline and effort whereas love requires an emotional investment You know, love requires an emotional investment and love can tailor itself to the individual needs of the people that you're serving. Whereas obligation or duty fits itself or focuses on efficiency and getting the job done. Love tailors itself to the individual needs of the person. Obligation and duty focuses on efficiency and getting the job done. Consider Megan and Joel caring for Amos and the other boys out of nothing more than a sense of obligation and duty, day after day. 
Those kids won't feel loved, desired or wanted. In fact, they might even start feeling like they're a burden and, and grow to resent their parents. What if every day they just did what's needed? Here's your sandwich. Here's your clothes. They're washed, you know. What if there wasn't any love? And we know that kids feel that. You know, sometimes it's really hard because I thought, how do I quantify this? How do I prove it? We know that kids and, and people feel when something's done out of love. We see this in homes and institutions where children's needs are met um, and, and they're served, but it's by staff that have a job. You know, in Uganda, this is, this is the battle that we um, have tried hard to, to fight right in the beginning, and that's why we don't have one big, a cheaper way for us to do what we were doing would be build one big massive building and put 120 kids in it. We didn't. We built 14 homes. Each home has a mother. Each home has some kids in it. In, and that goes to some attempt to, te- to see how we can raise children, how we can serve them with love and create family. Or what about a husband with a wife who just goes through the motions, or a wife with a husband, but feels nothing for him, disinterested, disconnected, cold? Her serving or his serving might be flawless, but the heart is not there. So love tailors itself and focuses on the person. When you serve with love, you're focusing on the person. And love goes further and achieves more than obligation or duty because the object of serving becomes a person and not the task. And the impact in people's lives goes beyond the task at hand. You know, um, there's a story of... um, uh, I read a story this week of a woman who was married to a, a guy and, and um, she served him faithfully, but he gave her, he wrote on a piece of paper, he wrote a list of things that she must do, what time she must have dinner on a table, what she, you know, everything. So her whole week was planned and she was, to, she was to make sure that she did everything as per the list. And she did that faithfully and after some years, he passed away. And, um, and in some more years, she found another guy and, and fell in love with him. And they'd been um, and, and totally loved each other and he loved her and he served her and they had a great time and, and uh, she was doing the same. And a few years into the marriage, she was doing some cleaning up and she found this list that her previous husband had written, all the things that she had to do, all the things that she was required to do by him. And she looked at the list and was astounded because she thought, with my new husband, I'm doing all of these and more and I'm not even noticing it because I love this guy. See, with serving with love, you put yourself into it and not just your effort. You see, love costs. It costs ourselves and it costs surrender. And so when you serve with love, there's a price that goes with that. You know, God didn't say, um, for I have a sense of obligation and duty to the world, so I'm going to give you my only begotten son. What does John, verse three, John 3 verse 16 say? For God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus doesn't say that the greatest commandment is that you fulfill your duty and obligation to your neighbor as yourself. No, he just says you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and in that there's this implicit suggestion that we serve. You see, Jesus' motivation was love right to the end. And you can see that in verse 1 of our text where it, verse 1 finishes where he says he loved them to the end. You know, everything that Jesus did, everything that, that, that we read about him and, and all the things that he did, the motivation was love. 
So in serving, love matters. And, and why does love matter? After all, serving's noble, right? I said at the start, you know, serving's a good thing. You know, we're going to go and do Generosity Sunday and it'll just be good. It'll look good for us as a church to, to be getting out there and doing stuff. And, and the people will be helped, definitely. But why does it matter that we do it with love? And this is probably the, the key point today. Look with me at Paul's words in 1 Corinthians. And, and we know these words and I think they'll be up on the screen there. And um, Paul's words say, you know, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Basically, Paul's saying, if, if I serve hugely but I don't love, or it's not out of love, it might be impressive, but Paul says it's nothing. Without love, your serving just makes noise. Ouch. You know, I was thinking of that, you know, in some of the, ver I think it's in this, the, the noisy gong or the clanging cymbal, I started thinking of the drummer, you know, and um, Wade playing the drums. And I started thinking, what if Wade didn't really care? It would just and just started hitting the cymbals and bashing them anywhere over the place, like some of the kids if they escape our clutches and get onto the stage. Yeah, the difference that it makes is it's not a noisy clanging cymbal because he does it like he cares. He serves with love, and um, I'm not pumping your tires there, but there's a diff That's what the noisy gong and clanging cymbal made me think of anyway. So, next time you hear the cymbals, look at Wade and wink. Love is irreplaceable no matter how good you are. Our serving is to reflect our master, our example, Jesus. And in our text, we see that his serving was out of love. He even washed Judas' feet. Did you, did you think of that? Did you notice that? Like He knew what Judas was up to. He knew what was going to happen. But because he served with love, it didn't matter. He served whoever was there. And it doesn't say in there, he washed everyone's feet except Judith, the dastardly rascal. That's not in my version. He knew what Judas was about to do. But love trumped that. Jesus washed his served out of love. Love causes us to serve the sometimes unlovable, to do the less attractive and the less desirable, you know, it's a bit of a heads up for next week. We're, and Joel's going to be talking about servant of all, so be there. Yeah, love does that. When Jesus served, it was more than a practical or physical act. There was a message in his service, wasn't there? There was this transformational influence that, that was in the, in the way that Jesus served with love. His service changed lives. His service redirected the journey of those that he met. His service changed the perspective of their life. When Jesus served out of love, when, his love, when love motivated him to serve, he changed people's lives by who he was and the way that he served them because love transforms. There is no transformational message in duty or obligation. Love matters. When we serve with love, knowing that the kingdom of God is in us, Every single one of us, when we're out there on Generosity Sunday, when we're at the Cavell Kitchen, when you're serving, when, you're in, when we're in Africa, if you're in Africa with us, 
We know that the kingdom of God is in us. And when we serve with love, knowing that the kingdom of God is in us, there is a supernatural element in our serving that changes lives. When you serve out of love, knowing that the kingdom is in you, there is a supernatural element to your serving that will change lives. That's important to understand. We allow the Holy Spirit to move us to serve and to move in those that we are serving. We become a channel, if you like. We open the door to the truth, to the power of the Holy Spirit to enter into their life, to the message of life to come to them. Love matters. Love is the engine driving how we serve. And serving with love sets free, doesn't it? It sets us free and it sets free those that we serve. It sets us free from our tendency to focus our efforts on our ambition, ourselves. So we, we're free from having to focus on ourselves and our own ambition and our own, do we look good doing this? Is this going to fit in with my, my um, status? Is this going to fit in with my time and, and my needs? Love sets us free from our tendency to focus our efforts on ourselves. It sets us free to see other people, to focus on other people. And because our needs have already been met in Christ, that everything that we need, that God, that Jesus Christ has served us out of love, because our needs have been met and he provides for us, we can serve, we can set others free. Paul said this in Galatians. Have a look at the, the screen, I think. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You know, and Paul's talking about the flesh here being this thing that I've got to, I've got to build me. You know, that my freedom now, I've been set free. My freedom now is I can do whatever I want and it can all be about me. And he's saying, don't use your freedom for that. Use your freedom now. Use the fact that you're not distracted by the fact, by um, your sin and your salvation anymore because it's been taken care of. Use that freedom now to serve others and to bring that freedom to others with your service as well. You have been set free from slavery or from being trapped or from bondage, other versions. Trapped in the cycle and the results, the eternal results of sin. You've been freed from that. Wow, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Now you can get on with your life and you're free. Our gratitude for what God has done and a desire to see everyone else experience it says don't use your freedom for yourself, your flesh, your own self, but see your freedom as a motivation to serve. And when we serve with love, it sets others free, doesn't it? We open doors or we expose them to the transformational power of God's love that I was just talking about. When we serve with love, there's, this, there's something that's supernatural that happens. And so we're setting other people free as we serve them. We expose them to God. We expose them to the power of God's love. And that can lead them to freedom. That can open the door for us to have conversations with them about more than cutting the grass or eating a meal or, or helping them with their finances, etc., we become a conduit for God's love to be experienced. Because our freedom has already been won, we now operate in a new way. And I like that sense that you know, our freedom has set us free 
and that we don't need to operate in the way that normal that, that humans our tendency is to look after ourselves but we can operate in a new way and and Paul puts it like this in Romans and have a look at the screen where Paul says in Romans 7 you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you might belong to another to him who's been raised from the dead Jesus in order that we may bear fruit for God for while we were living in the flesh our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we're released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in a new way of the Spirit. So here's another dimension. We serve, in, we serve out of love, but when we serve in freedom and we recognize the power of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden we serve in the new way of the Spirit. We actually release the Spirit's work in other people. And not in the old way of the written code, it finishes. Our freedom lets us serve in a new way, one filled with the Spirit that brings supernatural transformation to the lives of those around us and bringing freedom to those we serve. Isn't that a totally different way to see mowing lawns and serving meals and working with kids in Africa or whatever we do? Imagine that God's doing something supernatural every time you put some, I don't know, what do we serve? burritos or pasta bakes or soups or every time you pull the ripcord on your mower and cut someone's grass or fix a deck or have you ever thought that there's more than that happening there's this transmission there's this transfer of, of something supernatural to the person happening when we serve out of love because that's what happened when jesus served people in many countless examples we see jesus and he he serves people and he speaks to them and something happens in their lives Imagine if our service, if we really decided to serve out of love and freedom, that that's what would happen. And that's how God intends us to serve. And lastly, why do we serve with love? Well, that's probably a, you know, a moot point now that I've done all that talking. Well, most of all, so the world will see the greatest servant of all. Why do you serve out of love? So the world gets to see the greatest servant of all. So the world will know the greatest love of all. We want those we serve to see Christ. The world sees Jesus when we serve with love. When we serve out of obligation or duty, the world sees us. When we serve out of love, the world sees Jesus. Simple. That's the difference. When we serve with love, we point to God's goodness and not our goodness. Gee, that church is good. They, they do this, that. No, gee, those people are good. Look at that. They gave us a, When we serve with love, the world sees God's goodness and not us. We become a conduit of the love that God has and the serving that Christ did for them as well when he went to the cross. Serving with love communicates the heart of God, communicates the love of God, expresses the care of God in a way that transforms the hearts of those we serve. This will never happen with duty or obligation because serving with love takes an investment of the heart jesus served with love and um, in verse 14 and 15 at the end of our scripture you you can see that and he says you know if i your lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet because i've given you an example jesus served with love as an example for us he did more than take a night or a day out to help them. 
He did more than provide or serve a meal every now and then. He did more than open his heart and his home. He did more than use his stuff to help other people. He did more than give some of his money away or his riches. He laid down his life for them. That's the ultimate service of love, isn't it? You know, and you maybe never, you know, maybe you'll never be called to do that, to physically lay down your life. There have been people that where that's happened. Maybe not. But we serve with love because someone went before us, our greatest example, that served with love right to the point of death. They laid his life down so that you would know the transformational power of Jesus Christ, that you would know the work of the Holy Spirit, that you would know freedom and salvation. He served with love, so we serve with love. You know, I can't think of a better time to do Generosity Sunday right in the middle of this series. Can you? I can't imagine anyone not signing up today, Lynette, if they haven't signed up already. May those we serve, you know, in all our capacities, may those we serve know that we're serving them out of love and feel the love of Christ when we serve them. That would be amazing. That we'd be celebrating in here one day with people that, you know, that we've had the opportunity to serve and they've gotten to know who Jesus is and they become people who serve out of love and we see the kingdom come because we obeyed and served out of love. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that your word um, comforts us and challenges us, reminds us that we are incredibly loved, reminds us that we are free, we've been set free, reminds us that, that Jesus, there was nothing, there was nothing you wouldn't do to serve us so that we could belong to you, to be part of your family. There's nothing that you didn't do to confirm that we're part of the family. And even as we celebrate this morning that, that Amos is part of the family, Lord, we know there's nothing that you won't do to show Amos that he's part of the family, that you will serve him with love just as you've served each one of us. Thank you for the comfort of knowing that. And thank you for the challenge to know that, like you said to the disciples at the end, now go and do the same. Lord, help us to do that. Lord, help me in the times that I'm rostered on to do something or have an opportunity to serve or when there's something coming, Lord, not to be overwhelmed with a sense of obligation or duty or even feel like, wow, this is too much effort. Soften my heart. Give me a heart of love that reminds me of what you did for me and it helps me to be your hands and feet, to bring your kingdom to people who need to know it, to allow them to know your spirit's work and the freedom that you've given us. Lord, help every one of us to do that. Thank you, Lord, that as a church we have many opportunities to do that and you've called us to that. And thank you that so many of us have done that over the years and stepped up. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to stamp us with that same stamp that we are servants that serve with love. In Jesus' name, amen.